Commerce is an incredible thing. I have had a snowblower for a really long time, and I pulled it out of storage recently and ran it. And then my entire garage smelled like an oil tanker had spilled fuel all over the place. And I just decided it's probably a carburetor, whatever those parts are in an engine, I don't know. But uh, the fact that I don't know what that is means I'm probably not going to pull the engine apart and check it out. And it was getting older. And the, the hinge hitch pin started to fall off. I'm like, it's just time to bite the bullet and buy a new snowblower. So I went to a couple area stores and priced them out. And then I went online and I found a, a snowblower that was comparable on Amazon for two thirds of the price. And I decided, I, absolutely, that's, that's what I'll do. So I ordered it from Amazon and I got the shipping notification and I was very excited. And then I started watching. And last Wednesday, we had to have some labels delivered for the check-in down at the Lakeside Kids and Lakeside Littles. And if we would have them delivered to the church, it would take an additional week. But if we'd have them delivered to the Amazon locker in Green Bay, right outside of a grocery store, they would be there last Wednesday. So that, that's a no-brainer. Uh, we'll just have them delivered there. And so I'm tracking two packages, and, and that's what my life's come to. Like, these are the things I find exciting now, is, is monitoring shipping updates. And I'm watching the, the packages, and it's out for delivery, and then it doesn't get delivered. And the reason that it doesn't get delivered is the business is closed. Now, they were getting delivered to the Amazon lockers, which are outside of the business. So even if the business was closed, which it was not, that would not impact the delivery. I delivered mail for a summer. I understand how deliveries work. So I, I was a little annoyed with that. So I got on the, got on the phone with Amazon and, and sorted that out. They were there the next day. And then I saw that my snowblower, which was supposed to be delivered that day, was not going to be delivered that day. And so I, I just got on to, on to track the shipment, and they said, don't worry about it. We're going to expedite it, and we're going to expedite it. You'll have it soon. Fantastic. Uh, Thursday came around, and after 24 hours of being told it would be expedited and I'd have it soon, no updates. And that's when I started to get a little annoyed. And I just started reaching out to customer service and said, hey, is, is there any update? Uh, because you have to understand something about me. <laughs> I haven't even said it yet. <laughs> this, is, this is hard for me to admit. I am not the handiest person that you'll ever meet. And so... When some people say putting together a snowblower will take a couple hours, I'd already planned the entire day to put together that snowblower. That's wisdom. I understand that it's going to take me a little bit longer. So I had my whole day planned, and I just need to know when the, when the snowblower was, was going to get there, and customer service wouldn't give me any information. And so I escalated that to Amazon. And then I was on the phone with Amazon when we talked to the shipping company, and they hung up not on me, but on Amazon twice. Twice hung up on Amazon. I didn't even have to get Amazon fired up. They were fired up for me, which is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I thought maybe I'm going to have to do some motivation. Nope, I didn't have to do motivation. Century, wherever you are, God bless you. Thank you very much. She was motivated enough for both of us. And I was just kicking back and listening to it. It was fun. And then 
my snowblower was lost. After I was told it was sitting in a terminal in Sturgeon Bay. Now, I just said, tell me what terminal. I'll drive and pick it up. I don't mind. I'll go get it from the terminal. We can't release that information to you, sir. Well, now it's completely lost. So I let a couple days go by, and my blood pressure come back down to reasonable levels. And on Monday, I went to Home Depot online, and I found the same snowblower for 50 bucks more. And I ordered it. And wouldn't you know, by Tuesday at 8.30 in the morning, that snowblower was delivered to my house in my driveway. And I'm like, thank God for Home Depot. This is incredible. This is incredible. What took over two weeks and was absolutely lost. And, and I was really happy Tuesday. And I didn't think about it again. And this one even came assembled. Well, worth the 50 bucks. Even came assembled. <laughs> didn't think about anything of it. Thursday morning, I'm leaving for work, and I open up the garage door, and there's a snowblower in a box on a pallet that I've already been refunded for sitting in my driveway. And I call Amazon, and the recording says, hey, we can't do anything about this return because it's been outside of the 30-day window, which, number one, is not true. And number two, they've already refunded me my money, and so now I'm having this existential crisis of conscience of do I push through their system and say, no, really, you need to look at this even though they've told me there's nothing they can do? Or do I just sell this thing on the black market? <laughs> I decided to give it one more try. So I talked to a representative, and they said, thanks for letting us know. We'll line up somebody to come pick it up from you. Well, then they send me a window that doesn't work for my schedule, and I've already got my money back, so that's just that schedule's not going to work. And I call them back and say, hey, that, that window that you've given me isn't going to work. I already have things scheduled for that time. We need to reschedule that window. And they say, we'll be in touch with you. And I have not heard a word from them ever since. Now, you might wonder, are we just therapy for you, Brian? Why are you sharing all of this with us? And that's because today what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about planning we're going to talk about wisdom, and we're going to talk about how Solomon, Solomon had shipping routes, and how those shipping routes have led to something that's confused a lot of people, but it's something we're going to look at today. If you have your phones or your tablets, I'd invite you to follow along with us in the Bible app. It's a free resource that you can download in the app store of your choosing, and we've been walking through the book of Ecclesiastes, and we're going to continue that today in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. If you have a traditional Bible with you, again, Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And for those of you joining us via the stream, thank you so much. The verses are available on the screen below. As this morning, we talk about the importance of a plan and how Solomon understood that as a businessman. Ecclesiastes 11, 1 and 2 give us some of the context of that. Cast your bread upon the waters. For you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even to eight. For you know not what disaster may happen on earth. Now Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 1 has confused a lot of people. 
And a lot of people have tried to, tried to understand the meaning of cast your bread upon the waters. Because if you've ever thrown a loaf of bread out on the water, if you've ever thrown little bits of bread out for the ducks to eat, that was one of my first dates. I was broke. I was in high school, and I thought she would like it. She did. We took some stale bread out of the cupboard at my house, and we just went and we fed fed ducks, this, this little bread. But it, you understand that if you throw the bread in the water, it's, it's going to get soggy. And, and so this has confused a lot of people. What does Solomon mean when he says, cast your bread upon the waters? Well, 1 Kings chapter 10 gives us the answer to this. 1 Kings 10, 22 details the trading routes that Solomon had. The promised land, Israel, is a strategic place of real estate especially when there isn't air travel. And so all of the trade routes from Africa and from Europe would have to come through the Middle East. They would have to go through Israel. There's the Mediterranean there, which enabled shipping. There's some, there's some land trails that, that were less rough terrain than other areas. And so this was a very strategic area for trade. And one of the things that Solomon established in his business were these elaborate trading routes. One of them was shipping. And 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 22, details for us the immense return that Solomon would experience. But here's the thing. It took three years to experience those returns. Now, we're used to getting packages two days or even the next day after we order something. So there wasn't that, that instant nature of it, but Solomon really was setting the mold for a lot of the, a lot of the things that, that are still done today in terms, of, in terms of trade from one place to another. And so when Solomon says, cast your bread upon the waters, what he's talking about, he's talking about these trade routes that he would send out and they would take three years from the time they would leave until they would come back with his return. First Kings chapter 10 details these for us. Verse 22 goes into detail about that return. Massive returns, but it took three years to experience those returns. And this is why planning's important. Planning's important, number one, you don't just load up a ship and then say, go somewhere. It has a route, and it's going to be profitable, and you have to send goods that other places want on the ship to get the goods that you want in return. There's a plan at place right there. There's a plan at place that you don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on earth. So here are a couple principles that we see about planning with our finances from Solomon, who was ultra wealthy and knew a lot about this. Number one is this, to spread out your investments. Spread out your investments. Be generous. Be generous. Don't hoard it all back. Give a portion to seven or even to eight. Be generous. Spread them out. Diversify. Be generous. Don't put all your hope into one thing. And as people that love and follow God, this takes even another step further for us into the spiritual realm. To not put all of our hope in one thing. Just in the same way, it's not the wisest to have all of your, all of your investment in one solo fund. It's, it's certainly, for those of us who have the spiritual component of this and understand it, it's not wise for us to put all of our focus and all of our energy and all of our, our time on just the here and the now in this world. 
And that's why every week when we assemble together, we have an opportunity to give back a portion to God, that which he's entrusted to us. Because we understand that we are just stewards of what ultimately belongs to God anyway. And every time we give back a portion to God that he's entrusted to us, it is a reminder to us, whether it's on the forefront of our minds or not, but it is a reminder to us that we are not putting all of our hope in this world. We're not putting all of our hope in the here and the now. And I just want to pause right now, and I just want to thank the people of Lakeside. Thank every one of you who are so incredibly generous in the month of November. You know, we had a goal. And our goal was to raise $50,000 in the month of November. And unfortunately, we came a little bit shy, but we're still super excited because we raised $43,000 in the month of November, which is awesome. And, and uh, October 30th, we had the, the largest, uh, largest giving on a Sunday that we've ever recorded in the history of Lakeside. So some of you are overachievers and you gave early. So we, you know, there's this crisis of do we count that towards November or not? And I said November. Uh, so we decided not to. But because of your incredible generosity, thank you. We are able to help. We are able to help families right now. We're able to help individuals who are caught up in human trafficking, especially during this time of year. Thank you for your generosity. We are excited. We're, we're putting together the plans now. To, to begin interviewing architects and, and to talk to different firms and to start to lay out the plans for expanding our space here so that we can continue to impact people with the hope of Jesus. And so from the bottom of, of the heart of, of the people of Lakeside, I just want to say thank you very much for your generosity. And, and it, it is very much appreciated. Thank you. If the clouds are full of rain... They empty themselves on the earth, and if a tree falls to the south or to the north in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. Some things are just what they are. Some things are just what they are. And sometimes people want to over-spiritualize everything. They want to over-spiritualize a snowstorm, or they want to over-spiritualize a tree falling down. And sometimes there, there's spiritual implications, and, and certainly there, there is a, there's war going on in an unseen realm, and, and that's what we're going to talk about in the month of January as, as, we, as we go through the, the armor of God in Ephesians. I'm excited about that. But sometimes things just, just are what they are. And sometimes things happen just because we live in a fallen, in a broken world that isn't perfect anymore because sin is in the place. And if the clouds are full, it's going to rain. They're going to empty themselves. And it doesn't necessarily mean that something's against you. Sometimes it just rains. And I know sometimes that's inconvenient. But sometimes it just rains. And sometimes trees just fall down. Some things are just what they are. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. This is analysis paralysis. Sometimes we can get so caught up in situations. Sometimes we can get so caught up in events that we overanalyze everything. And we sit there and we pick it apart. Have you, have you ever done this? I, I have a million times. Have you, you ever the night before a meeting gone through the, like, the dialogue? Not that you're going to say. You know what you're going to say. But have you ever tried to figure out the response that you're going to have 
the response that somebody else has? Like, so you're not only thinking what you're going to say, but now you've gotten to the point where you're projecting on somebody else the response that they have to have based on what you said, and then how you're going to respond if they respond this way or that way. I mean, you drive yourself absolute, absolutely crazy. You can find yourself here in analysis paralysis where you take all the information and you just continue to go through it in your mind. And sometimes you just have to make a choice. Sometimes you just have to make a decision. Now, make no mistake. I would encourage you. If something's heavy on your heart, pray about it. Absolutely start there. Pray about it. And then pray about it again. And think through things. And think through what... What could happen? But at some point in life, you're going to have to make a choice. You're going to have to make a decision. And so often, we can just get bogged down with analysis paralysis because we just sit there and we just want to crunch all the data, all the data, all the data, and then we miss our opportunity to actually do something or we put it off and it just grows to become this giant point of frustration in our lives. Pray about it. Think through the implications, and then act, and then act. As you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. God is supreme. God is supreme. And sometimes things just happen. And sometimes, God is orchestrating them all together. And we don't necessarily see it. A couple weeks ago, I needed to be somewhere. And I had Brooke and the, the boys with me. We were driving along, and there was a situation going on that was taking my focus, and it was taking longer than I wanted it to take, and I had to be on a call and I didn't want to be on the call, but I had to be on the call, and I put it off as long as I could, but there was a meeting I had to get to, and, and we had to leave because we were going to be late if we didn't leave. But when, when we drive to, to Lakeside, we lose phone reception in a couple spots, and this was a call I couldn't lose reception on, which sometimes is a great thing to lose reception. This, this was not one of those times. And so there is a way that I can come. It takes me... A couple minutes longer, but I have phone reception for long. I, I know where the dead spots are every, everywhere between here and Sturgeon Bay. And so I'm like, all right, we're going to take the longer route. Well, then the call ended sooner than I thought it was going to, right after I'd made the decision to take the longer route. So I did a quick U-turn, and I then got caught at a red light, and I was just really annoyed. I was really frustrated because I was, I was going to a really...